Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini. And you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. When we talk about comprehensive sexuality education, a lot of moral sanctions against it come from people only thinking it's very young children and we're talking about sex, which is really not the case in, uh, you know, most proper researched, well-developed sexuality education programs that operate across the world and definitely in India. In the previous episode, we spoke to Manak Matiani from the YP Foundation and Rituparna Bora of Nazaria both of whose work often involves having conversations with adolescents and young adults on gender and sexuality issues. In this episode, we will look at the slightly long-winding history of gender and sexuality education and why raising awareness of these issues among adolescents is crucial. After all, 250 million Indians are in the age group of 10 to 19. That's 20% of our population. In 2018, a panel headed by former Indian Space Research Organization Chairman Dr. K. Kasturi Rangan handed over a 484-page document called the Draft National Educational Policy. A year later, after the general elections, the parliamentarian helming the ministry had changed. So Kasturi Rangan gave a copy of the draft to the new Minister of Human Resources Development, Mr. Ramesh Pokhrial. In September 2019, the draft was made public for comments. Now, the draft policy was expansive in its scope, as it should have been. The first national education policy was framed in 1986 and last revised in 1992. It was time for an overhaul. One of the suggestions made by Kasturi Rangan's draft policy was to incorporate in the school curriculum basic training in health, including preventative health, mental health, personal and public hygiene. Sex education, the draft policy stated, will also be included in secondary school for future judgment surrounding consent, harassment, respect for women, safety, family planning and STD prevention. Now, this understanding of the importance of sex education and you know what it would do and how what all it would cover didn't emerge in a vacuum. The UNFPA, the UNICEF, UNESCO, UN Women and even the World Health Organization have over the years come up with a very clear definition of uh, comprehensive sexuality education for young people. So this is what CSE or comprehensive sexuality education is defined as a curriculum based approach of teaching and learning about the cognitive, emotional, physical and social aspects of sexuality. It will aim to equip children and young people with knowledge, skills and attitudes and values that will empower them 
to realize their own health, well-being and dignity, to develop respectful social and sexual relationships, and to consider how their choices affect their own well-being and that of others, as well as understand and ensure the protection of their rights throughout their lives. So, other than gender, a comprehensive sexuality education should include conversations on sexual and reproductive health, on citizenship rights, which is to say policies and laws that affect people's sexuality and rights, as well as conversations on consent, on violence and diversity, among other things. Now, within the Indian subcontinent, of course, this would mean conversations about caste, class and disability through which our experiences of gender and sexuality are mediated. Now, given that all children, adolescents and young people are not likely to be able to access good quality sexuality education at home, it has been argued that such education needs to be instituted within the school system and also integrated within the range of health services that are made available for adolescents and young people. For those who do not go to school, such education should be integrated into non-formal education or vocational courses. Okay, now sexuality and gender education per se has not been absent from the government's mandate. The National Council of Educational Research and Training, which is also more popularly known as NCERT, has been creating material for such comprehensive education for students for quite some time now. Rituparna Bora, the co-founder of Nazaria, whom we spoke to for these episodes, was herself involved in writing some material back in 2010. If we cite UNESCO, if we cite WHO, it actually says that comprehensive sexuality education lays the foundation of life, life and love. And also it is about relationships. UNESCO strategically says that it it is about relationships, gender, puberty, consent, sexual and reproductive health for all young people. It actually plays a pivotal role in the battle against sexual and gender-based violence. Tarshi, which is a not-for-profit based in Delhi, which conducts trainings and creates teaching material on gender, sexuality and rights, came out with a working paper on comprehensive sexuality education recently. Now, this paper has a chapter that details the journey that India itself has taken over the decades, starting from 1980, when the Ministry of Human Resources Development, which is the MHRD, first initiated what was called the National Population Education Project, or the NPEP. It was rolled out across states in three phases, over the following two decades. Here are some interesting tidbits from the report, which took seven years in the making. In 2005, the MHRT brought together all government initiatives under the umbrella term Adolescence Education Program, or AEP, in government schools for students of grades 9 and 11 across the country. Now, the AEP basically brought together three ongoing programs. Okay. One, the NPEP, which we discussed earlier. Another, the School AIDS Education Program, which has been implemented by NACO, that is the National AIDS Control Organization, since 1993. And third, being the Project on Adolescent Reproductive and Sexual Health, uh, which is uh, referred to as ARSH or ARSH. 
and that has been implemented with UNFPA support. In fact, even now there are ARSH clinics all around the country which uh, are meant to pertain only specifically for adolescent health. Now, the rollout of the first draft of the AEP curriculum developed by NACO and UNICEF faced severe backlash from several state governments between 2006 and 2007. Now, education, as you know, is on the concurrent list of the Indian Constitution, which means that state governments can actually decide how they choose to utilize the AEP toolkit. And what happened was that several politicians across party lines expressed great displeasure at what they saw as a means of corrupting the youth with such information. By March 2007, 12 states, including Maharashtra, Goa, Gujarat, Karnataka, Kerala, Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, and Uttar Pradesh, banned the implementation of the curriculum. And so the central government called for a review of the AEP. In 2008, NACO released a revised curriculum that did not include any words like penetrative sex or sexual intercourse. And it replaced detailed scientific diagrams of the anatomy with animation. The revised version was critiqued by civil society groups for providing inaccurate or inadequate information. For example, in the context of child sexual abuse, the text seemed to advise that adolescents should trust family members, not strangers. And the revision also advocated an abstinence-based approach, which meant faithfulness to one's partner or no sex before marriage. And it also provided no explanation on how STIs occur or even how to use a condom. Now, see, that's just not done. For one, research has clearly shown that child sexual abuse happens often by trustworthy adults within families. And secondly, according to multiple surveys, a considerable proportion of the 15 to 24 years age group is sexually active. Now, in response to this backlash of 2006-2007, NCRT also worked to develop a separate revised version with the support of the UNFPA. And it included inputs of teachers, psychologists, NGOs, women's groups that were active in this space, such as Tarshi, for instance, Nirantar, Prava, Sangat, as well as representatives from government schools like KVs and NVs. According to Manap, this attitude that links sexuality education to moral corruption, however, still persists. When people talk against sexuality education programs, it is typically people who have bracketed all these young people into one big category and said, you know, whatever you talk to them about sex is wrong. Right. Uh, and a nine-year-old is so different from an 18-year-old. Exactly. So the kind of thing that yeah. you would talk to a nine-year-old about would be so different. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the most important things to consider in there is uh, one is this age appropriate and structure, different kinds of approaches that we definitely use to reach out to different uh, young people. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's not just, um, you know, these random mad NGOs who are doing this work. There is an adolescent education program from, by the government of India that, that has actually been running in the country for many years uh, across government schools. It mandates giving sexual and reproductive health and rights information to young people uh, around many of these topics and we have worked many organizations that do this kind of work have worked with the government to develop that curricula to say what should go into that program and what should not go into that program for different ages. 
Today we are at a point where sexuality education has gradually been positioned in the context of strengthening life skills development for young people to help them meet the challenges of their daily life and achieve their potential, which is great, which is what we need. We need a macro view. Earlier this year in February, the Health Minister, Dr. Harshvardhan, launched a school health program under the Ayushman Bharat scheme. Now, health and wellness centres, where teams that implement health promotion and prevention activities under the Rashtra Bal Swasthya Karakram or the RBSK are already operating, will also become sites where skills like emotional well-being, mental health, interpersonal relationships and values will also be taught to adolescents. The NCRT has already developed a curriculum with training material for teachers in consultation with the Union Health Ministry. Those imparting such education will be called wellness messengers and some of what they will be trained in includes gender as well as POXO, which is the law to prevent crimes against children. All of this is available online and on the NCRT website and its app. But once again, Conversations about sexuality aren't featured in them. If you talk about black, we need to talk about white, right? Yeah. This is black because this is white. Similarly, this is child sexual abuse. And how would a child know which is good touch or bad touch? That right. this is what is allowed and this is what is not allowed. Right. This is violence and this is desire. These distinctions, if they are not made, there will be a lot of confusion in a young person's mind. Yeah. That, that I'm not allowed to do anything. Yeah. So it is very important that we base our work in a rights-based perspective yeah. and also in a very inclusive uh, pers- perspective where we talk about gender sexuality, not just related to sex, not just related to um, uh, having sex, but about consent, about gender-based violence, about child sexual abuse, about pleasure, about desire, about various other things. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red Dhamini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HT Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.